This is Decoding Learning Differences with Kimberlyn Lavelle, and this episode is an interview with Viva Aurora talking about the emotional side of some of our academic struggles and what we can do about it, how we can support our kids. Viva is a positive discipline coach and a conscious parenting coach, and she uses those two disciplines, those two skills to really support us in knowing how do we handle those big emotions that can come up with academic struggles. So listen in for all of her amazing wisdom. Hi, Viba. Welcome to Decoding Learning Differences. I am so excited to have you here, and I want to start by letting you introduce yourself to everyone, to the audience. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so my name is Viba Aurora. I am a positive discipline coach as well as a conscious parenting coach. I have my own coaching practice, and I have been helping and supporting parents to kind of do the whole parenting thing in a less than mainstream way that has been really effective and really focusing on long-term rather than short-term fixes. And I love what I do. I'm here in Southern California. I've been working from home um, since the pandemic started and I'm, I'm kind of loving it. Yay, love it. Um, okay, so what I wanted to start with and have everyone see is kind of talking through what do we do in this situation? Mm -hmm. We've got a parent who is very frustrated. Yeah. The child is very frustrated. The parent has a struggling learner and that kid is, no, I'm not gonna work, I refuse. Mm -hmm. So they're in this battle of wills almost and everyone's miserable. Everyone is stressed, everyone is miserable. Mm -hmm. What, what can we do to help this family? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately we see this so much more now, I think than ever before. And, um, you're right. Both people are frustrated. They're at a standstill. And so I would take this from both a positive discipline approach, as well as a conscious parenting approach. And just to give a little background on both of those things, both of them, I kind of feel like are like the wings to the puzzle, right? Because positive discipline is really going to help us look down underneath the surface behavior, which is this child that's refusing to do homework and go deeper down to the root to find out what is the actual cause, what's really going on. When we understand things at the root level, then the solutions that we put in place are going to be able to help with the, not only the surface, but actually help with the root level, which means that it'll be a long-term solution instead of just a quick fix. So positive discipline does not involve any type of punishment. It also does not involve any type of rewards, which is confusing for a lot of people because they think positive must mean that we reward, but it's actually very much about deep understanding and connection and introspection. We want the child to be self-motivated, which sounds impossible. And it does take time. It's not an overnight fix, but so that's the angle that I'd look at from a positive discipline standpoint. And then to just talk about the conscious parenting piece, it's similar it's looking at this parent's frustrations, not just the surface level of the kid isn't doing their homework, but what's really going down at the core of that, at the root of that trigger, because that parent is being triggered, 
Once we can find out where that stems from, then again, we can place solutions at that level. We can place some healing and understanding there, some compassion for what mom's going through. And then again, based on connection, really focusing in on the child that you have in front of you, not the child that you've hoped that you have or that you wanted or that the neighbor has. So when we combine these two approaches together, I think that's when we really get the two wings that are you know, able to move the situation out of the stress that it's causing right now. So having said that, what we know is when it comes to academics, um, the way mainstream school is structured, and I know you know this, it's not for everyone. It's a system that was created you know, decades and decades and decades ago. And while there have been changes, for the most part, it still caters to a specific type of learner. Right. And so if we are not addressing what's going on with this particular child, maybe this isn't the way he learns. Maybe he needs something else. And maybe this has nothing to do with academics at all. Maybe he's upset about an argument he got in with his sibling. Maybe he's upset because he can't watch his favorite TV show, whatever it is. We need to get to the root of the issue first. Typically, generally, Kids do not misbehave because they think it's fun and they enjoy getting us worked up, which oftentimes it feels like they're doing it on purpose. What we know is that when a child is not behaving in the way that we want them to, it's either because there's a lagging skill or there's a missing need. There's a need that's not being met or there's a skill that they don't know how to do. So once we can narrow down on what is the actual issue, what is the refusal about? Is this child hungry? Have they had a snack? Are they tired? What in that photo, what you showed, you know, you can see that they're in a power struggle. And one of the, I think, easiest ways to relax a power struggle is to offer limited choices. You know, would you like to do your homework sitting at the table or do you want to do it sitting at the couch? still doing homework, but we're giving them some autonomy, some feeling, some sense of control over their environment, which if we remember, you know, they're sitting in this uncomfortable chair usually for eight hours at school. They don't really have a lot of control of their day or their time or when they do what. So imagine if we were like that all day at work and then we came home, and we had to do it some more. So having that kind of understanding and compassion and empathy, that would be the positive discipline kind of place for that. The conscious parenting piece is a little more difficult. It's what I call advanced um, because a lot of parents want to look at the kid and they'll go down deep and figure out what the issue is with the kid. But when it comes to ourselves, we're a little more hesitant to go there for some reason. Um, and so I would encourage for this parent to look at what is this really about? What's coming up for her? What is she afraid of? What is she worried about? Usually it's judgment. It's comparison. It's um, what will people say? It's my kid's never going to be successful if he doesn't do this, you know, second grade math problem. This is going to determine the rest of his life. <clears throat> and we call it the gutter with my clients. Like we, we go all the way to the gutter. You know, if they don't do this homework, then they won't pass second grade and they'll never go to college and they'll end up homeless in the gutter. Um, and we, it depends how long it takes to get there. But as parents, I think that's the ultimate fear, right? And so just reminding ourselves as parents is the likelihood of that happening is not very high. And can we just like take a breath, calm ourselves down? Um, because I'm a huge brain science geek. And I know that with mirror neurons, our child is going to reflect our energy. 
right? So if we are stressed out and we are frustrated and we're raising our voice, they're either going to meet us there. And if they can't, which it seems like in that picture was happening, they just go silent, which frustrates us more, right? So we need to self-regulate ourselves before we can engage with any possible solutions to just getting the homework done. Um, and then the last thing that I remind parents on the conscious parenting aspect is um, remember who you're tucking in at night. At the end of the day, what's really going to matter? Your relationship with this one human being that is, you know, the child that you have been gifted to guide through this planet or what the Joneses are saying about, you know, little Johnny who didn't finish his math homework last night. I love that so much. Remember who you're tucking in at night. We cannot forget. Um, there's so much that you said that I was just like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Sorry, I just went. <laughs> there it all is. It was so no, it's so perfect because it, it ties in so well with um one of my big focuses this year is on motivation and mm. all about no punishments, no rewards. How do we actually motivate kids to be intrinsically motivated for the long haul? because the punishments and rewards only look like they work in the short term and they're not a long-term solution. So I loved everything you were saying about setting things up for getting them to be self-motivated and long-term. Um, what is that underlying cause? And yeah, it might be because they're a struggling learner. It might be because something happened that morning or something else. Um, and I think the aspect that I don't talk about enough that you really brought in was the, the parents' triggers and really looking at that and reflecting on that and what can we do about that and how can we heal that? And that is definitely not my specialty. So I will definitely encourage everyone to go to you for that support and that um, help. Yeah, there was so much there. Checking, looking for, is it a lagging skill or a missing need? Um, autonomy is so big. That's, I have one of the episodes I'm going to be doing this year on motivation is all about how autonomy builds motivation. Mm -hmm. So that's a big piece. Um, and yeah, those, the fears that tend to be at the root of our triggers of all the things we're afraid of, whether it's judgment for others or the gutter, <laughs> the gutter, <laughs> the gutter. Um, so self-regulating definitely has to happen first because of those mirror neurons. So much, so much golden stuff there. Um, I hope that everyone listens to this five times so they can hear all of those pieces of wisdom that you had in there. Um, so people wanna self-regulate and calm down. Um, the one big one that you talked about that I think can help is remember who you're tucking in at night and kind of just like, this doesn't matter who cares if they do this second grade problem or not, or even high school. Like even if the kid is in high school, even that doesn't matter. It's, it's a math problem assigned by a math teacher. Like it's not yeah. like at, at any, at, at all. Um, and that's a really good point too, that I bring up with parents a lot around academic, you know, struggles that are happening in the house. If you are choosing, unless you're homeschooling, in which case all the power to you. But if you are choosing to send your child to a learning institution, to a building called school where they are learning, then you are no longer the teacher. Somebody else is the teacher. And that teacher and that system is set up 
to do the best that they know how to do with your kid. It doesn't mean that you don't advocate for your kid, but you do not, this idea that we have that we need to be the parent and the teacher and the counselor and the, you know, the, the physical therapist and all those other stuff, like let the people who are trained to do what they do, do what they do. The problem becomes, I think with, I used to be a teacher, so not throwing teachers under the bus, but oftentimes when a parent is practicing positive discipline, meaning they are allowing the teacher to do the teaching and for them to do the parenting, teachers tend to think that nothing is, there are no consequences at home, you know? And so this again is when we go against, against the grain of traditional parenting, one of the things that I tell all my clients and all the students that take my courses is that you're going to get pushback. You're going to get pushback from teachers, from family, from the lady at Target, because you're doing things differently, right? And a very simple at the beginning of the school year conversation about, you know what, I totally respect you as a teacher. I'm gonna leave the teaching to you. You know, I am absolutely there to provide the environment for my child to thrive academically. But as far as like choices and consequences that they make academically, if they choose not to do their homework, I'm gonna let you handle that, right? And that separates, it's, it's kind of, it creates that separation between school and home. Because what you don't want, and what I see so often is these kids who are now teenagers or even in college or adults who have such um, raggedy, rigid relationships with their parents. And if you look down to what the STEM was, it was academic power struggles. Like, is it worth it? You know, this is a lifelong connection that we're going to start to rip apart and sever because of academics. Um, I don't know, something to think about. I hear you so much on that. Um, yes, I, I still teach in the public schools and I also definitely support homeschooling parents and I understand all of that. And I hear too often from too many teachers complaining about a parent mm -hmm. that they're, you know, frustrated that the parent's not helping. They don't, they don't do anything. They don't help. And when I talk to the parent, they're not a neglectful parent. They are, they are respecting the school and allowing the school to do it. And they are supporting their child in other ways. So yeah, the work might not be getting done, mm -hmm. but like I had one little girl, I was looking at her scores. Her reading scores always went up after summer breaks. Mm. And I was like, oh, so you're reading with your kid over summer because Otherwise her scores wouldn't go up every single year consistently. It's like they're, they are working hard mm -hmm. as much as they can to the best of their ability, but it might not be in getting their homework completed every single day. That's a different, a different thing. And I agree, kids have to learn to be accountable for their own stuff and deal with their own consequences and have that autonomy. Um, absolutely. absolutely. And you mentioned, um, you know, for high school, and I immediately have this kind of like, ooh, because in high school, you really shouldn't have anything to do with your kids' homework, you know, essays, projects, finals, whatever. It's just, it's so um, interesting when I talk to parents who are like, oh, you know, I can't do Wednesday night because we're studying for a biology final. I'm like, 
you don't have a biology final. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a little enmeshment happening there. And that's a little need for control happening there. And if we don't allow ourselves to start letting go of them at that point, what do we think is going to happen in college? If they're going to college, and even if they're not, if they're going into life, if they always support is a very tricky thing, right? You want to be there, but you can't be in it. You have to be, you know, I talk about this often, you're on the sidelines, you're not playing the game. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I love all of that. Um, I, I think we've touched on so many great things. I'm a, I'm afraid to go too much deeper that it's going to be too overwhelming. And I really want everyone to, to hold on to what has been said already and the importance of all of those pieces. Um, but I'm just curious if you have any other calming strategies for those parents in that moment of feeling triggered mm. that somebody can just put to use immediately. Yes. And it's very counterintuitive. And I feel like sometimes the best tools are, are counterintuitive. It's not what you would expect or think to do or what you've always done in this situation. What we always, always tend to do in these situations is engage. Right there, right then we react. And the tool I would offer is to pause. To remind yourself that's not an emergency unless there's blood or potential broken bones, it's not an emergency, that we are allowed to step away from a triggering situation to regain our own ability to regulate, to take the deep breaths, to just step away just for a second and to announce it. You know what? I'm getting really heated right now. I'm getting really frustrated right now. I'm going to take five minutes and then I'm going to come back and we'll try again. And in that time, you know, the same things that we tell kids, take a deep breath, go outside, splash water on your face. Creating the space of the pause is the thing. It is the tool that allows us to go from a reaction, a reacting into responding, right? And the response typically is able to have a lot more empathy, a lot more compassion, a lot more cognitive thinking, right? Because we're not agitated and triggered in that moment. We're not feeling raw and emotional. When we react, it often comes out as an emotional outburst. When we have time to actually think it through, that's when we can come up with solutions. So I would say practice the pause, even if it's just for a minute and then build up to two minutes and then build up to five minutes. Um, it makes, it's the magic tool. It really makes a huge difference. Yes, I could not agree more. And I agree, we're always telling kids that and then we don't practice it ourselves. Yeah. So yes, practice the pause. I love that. So, so powerful, so seemingly simple and yet so hard. Exactly. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so I'm assuming at this point, the parents who are listening are going, okay, how do I find out more about Viva because I need her help? So how do they find out more about you and tell us about what, what you have coming up? Sure. Um, so I'm on social media, um, Instagram and Facebook. And because I have an interesting name, they can just find me with hashtag iParentPlus or hashtag WoToWowParenting. Um, I have a parenting program that I run, which is a small group called WoToWowParenting. 
And that is actually coming up. We're going to start things off for the winter round at the end of January, the week of January 31st. And that's just um, five weeks of going through different tools, meeting as a group, doing individual work on yourself, coming back at the end of the week and kind of processing what's going on. I find that when we work together as a group, it's really helpful for all the parents because they're able to learn from everybody else, including me. Um, obviously, I see clients one-on-one -on -one as well. So that support is available. You can just send me an email and I'm happy to connect. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. And I will have all of that information in the show notes on how to contact you and the websites and social connections. So definitely check out the show notes so that you can get a hold of Veba and all of her amazing offerings um, and insight and wisdom. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for everything you do and especially for your time today. I appreciate you so much. You're very welcome. And thank you again for having me. It's been fun. <laughs>